Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff and you are Brett that's, Davidson. That's right. Brett I was going to say your full name, Brett Davidson. And I'm sorry if you didn't that want it to be name. known. I know, but you interrupted us. Well, I don't have a middle name, so that is my full name. Because mm. mm. uh, do you have a middle name, Cliff? I do, yes. Is, you know, was it? You know fine well what it is. <laughs> 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 my, uh, my Brett's just a good enough name that I don't need a middle name. I needed a double up. Uh, no, well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. It's good enough. So, how are you? Are you okay? I'm all right. right. I've got some chocolate because I've had nothing right. to eat today. So, this is a really terrible diet. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> as it's we nondescript just... <laughs> chocolate as well. It doesn't have any it? anything on it. <laughs> well, what is it? Oh, it's Spanish since 1883. Probably gone off. <laughs> <laughs> it probably has. It's um, like a fine wine, that one. Al- Almendro Turon, chocolate with almonds. Get it out. It's got this nondescript wrapper that reminds us of Willy uh-huh. Wonka. Um, <laughs> and then the chocolate's just one big slab. There's no like blocks or anything. It feels just like. Just one big bit. Yeah, it just feels like old fashioned. I like it. I was invited to a party this week, but I couldn't, oh, yeah? couldn't go. Yeah. I thought they didn't exist. No, no, they, they, they do. So unlike that Dominic Cummins, I was uh, I didn't flout the rules, but obviously he did. But I think it's, what, uh, what was sorry, cool, it's flout, not flout. Well, I'm saying flout. <laughs> so what was worth, worse though, Cliff, was uh, there was two owls invited, and I wasn't <laughs> able to go. <laughs> Bob reference. <laughs> so that's what happened. That's okay. what happened. I went so out for a drive cool. earlier. Did you? Yep. Turns out I'm blind. Uh, <laughs> crashed. Came back. <laughs> Did you go to Barnard Castle? I, I mean, it's mad in it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it's infuriating, but also r- ridiculous that you just be like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, exceptional circumstances, wasn't it? Well, no, it's not because it's the yeah. exact same circumstances every everybody single else person is. in the country's in so it's yeah. not exceptional also not. happened to be on your wife's birthday <laughs> for, for a start what a surprise but a castle you've got to do better than that i think like what's the point that's like that's not worth breaking the rules for is it no <laughs> like but i beat it's, it's nice really place. not it is <laughs> i think every, everybody in northeast being being yeah. there that's <laughs> some point with a school haven't they yeah, we so have a guy who used to take us as well on drives. We used to go. Yeah, it's uh-huh. nice, but I mean, yeah. go to fucking Vegas or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would get away with that one, like, would he? No, I mean the uh, amusement arcade at Shields Beach. <laughs> <laughs> right, that would be good. That was good. I've got, I've got a, I've got a quiz for you. Okay, last one went down well, I think. I think it did. Yes, this is called book plot. Book, book plot. <laughs> <laughs> book plot book plot okay no man why do you keep saying i pronounce things wrong I, I'm, oh, I'm all, no i got that one wrong right with me pronunciations mm, you know that sure that's how you say that as well but i got oh shut up man <laughs> <laughs> just like a running joke in it that's the only reason i do it it's like a running yeah well that's it could be said of that right book plot so what i'm going to tell you the name of the book mm-hmm. right and you've got to tell us the plot. Okay. Simple enough. Simple enough idea. Isn't yeah. it? I, can, I yeah. understand it. I understand Good. it. Good. I'm glad you do. Right. Cooking with poo. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I can only assume it's a Winnie the Pooh themed cookbook where you can make recipes that are inspired by that those books or whatever. That's that you've got it in one. Well done. Yeah, it's funny uh, name, Winnie the Pooh. Funny it's saying name, cooking yeah. with Pooh. <laughs> cooking with Pooh. There's it, also it's in a long line of Winnie the Pooh books. There's also one called Pooh Gets Stuck. That's amazing. That's my favourite one. Next one, Scouts in Bondage. <laughs> Is it real? Are these all real? Scouts in Bondage. Yeah, they're Is all it like real. A, a, is it a storybook? Yeah, worryingly enough, most of the ones on my list are, are kids' books. <laughs> this this is a kids' book as well. Okay, so is it like an instructional book on how to tie knots and shit like that? It's not. No, it's it's just a story about scouts who uh, dig up the remains of an old chapel. Okay, <laughs> in leather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with them red balls in their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah funny look for digging but all right, if that's what you want to wear <laughs> I, I think the scout master needs to be looked at that's what I think <laughs> games you can play with your pussy <laughs> I know this is a real one because you sent us the cover however uh-huh. I didn't bother taking in what it would be about but I, it looked like yeah. it was a, a little storybook about playing games with your cat that's that's exactly where it is. Naming your pussy, discipline your pussy, things like that. Yeah. Discipline. So that's that. to get those discipline. Lads, those, those scouts involved. Yeah, <laughs> should do. Uh, goodbye testicles. <laughs> <laughs> is that about a little boy whose uh, pet rabbit testicles has died, and the mum and dad have to teach him about death through the meaning of uh, the Rainbow Bridge and that. It's close. It's a it's a children's book about a dog being neutered. Unnecessary. Kids, kids don't need to know about it. <laughs> well, I know, but like that—that's. Oh, I don't know. That's just mental, isn't it? Um, would you like to play with my balls? Yes, I would. What's the next book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's another one. Uh, would you like to play? With my balls another children's book just about having fun with bouncy balls okay that's good bouncing them yeah <laughs> and the last one i've kept the the, the best one or last right it's called the missionary position uh, sounds okay. like a boring book doesn't it <laughs> very run of the mill <laughs> <laughs> but this is the best one what do you think the missionary position's about i mean is it a kid's book no, not this one. So is this just about spreading the word of God throughout the world? <laughs> it's uh, Mother Teresa in theory and practice. Okay, in practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the missionary position. What a fantastic name. I love that one. But also, in the- I don't care about the theory. Just tell us about the practice because she did it. <laughs> she did, huh? She did. But yeah, those are the, those are the books. I've got a food one for next time. Did she and, uh, did she die on the same day as Princess Diana? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about that at all. What what made you think of that? Because she was ancient, and I was like trying to think about when she must have died. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was around the same time as Princess Diana. And I, I, th- I remember getting into a heated debate at college because uh, someone was saying that. Princess Diana, just whatever, you know. <laughs> Are you frightened to upset the royals there, were you? Are you going to say something? <laughs> You're going to say something awful, weren't you? No, she was in Princess which, Diana. Which no, they deserve. No, she was saying that Princess Diana was like a, an angel or martyr and all of this stuff. And I think I was like, well, like an, an actual, this well, woman probably is a fucking martyr. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. But nobody cares about her because it's princess. I don't know why like, I really disliked Princess Diana when I was 16, like for uh-huh. no reason really. <laughs> like, uh, your beard's coming on. You've got a sliver of light in your room this week so I can see it. Mm-hmm. It's very white. It isn't it's it? not grey. It's not grey. It's just white. Just at the bottom here. Yeah. So I don't know what, if it's because the sun doesn't get the wind or whatever. Well, because but, it's uh, under your jowls. It's under me jowls, yeah. So, yeah, it's getting there. Getting thick. To, any, yeah. um, any big incidents involving it this week? I got a trap under the door. 
<laughs> Are you going to grow like Liam Gallagher's? Have you seen his? Uh, no, no, I haven't seen his. It's, I think it's not it's as good as mine, obviously. It's got the same effect as Roy Keane's beard has on him. Like, has it? It's it's massive, and yeah, I think he's gone increasingly mad. Um, right. So, do you think that's going to happen to me? Do you think I'm going to go increasingly? I hope not, but we can document crazy. it week by week. <laughs> Notice something different about my appearance. Have you had your haircut? That's right. I've had all of my teeth turned gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you are now Goldie the DJ. Yeah, aren't I'm you? Turning bit by bit, I'm trying to turn into him. Are you going to be going out with Bjork soon? No, but I am going to apply to be on lots of different reality TV shows. So right. keep an eye out for that. <laughs> what are we talking about this week? Another one of your choices? Yeah, we're talking about Marvelous, mm. um, which is uh, a fantastic film. Brilliant film, um, starring Toby Jones, who we were talking about last week on The Mist, yep. who's class. Very, very um, and it's just it's a British drama, this one, um, from 2014, but I think it's gone like under the radar, and I don't understand why, because mm-hmm. it's absolutely mm-hmm. class. This is the first time that you've watched it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's about it, well, it's starring Toby Jones, directed by Julian Farino, and mm-hmm. uh, written by Peter Bolger, and it's based on the life of a guy called Neil Baldwin, mm-hmm. um, who lives a massively interesting life, despite his, uh, the difficulties that he's, he's sort of diagnosed with at the start of the film, but he doesn't let any of that affect him. He's like a tour de force. He's just absolutely he's amazing. fantastic. Um, he is. It was a TV movie, I think, which is probably why it's not that well known. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't like that uh, TV movie thing. Do you know what I mean? If if you say that, you automatically think, "Well, oh, that's not going to be very good, then, is yeah. it?" Yeah. But this is amazing. Yeah, no, it's but class. I think at the time when did it come out? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. I think uh-huh. now it's moved on a bit, where like people expect some films are going to be on telly first and stuff like that, especially now. Um, but I think maybe six years ago. Someone was on BBC One on a night. Yeah. Probably didn't get that much. It wouldn't have been that much of an occasion. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you're right. This is a film that um, I've never seen it before. I had seen the cover, which I think I mentioned last week when you yeah. when you mentioned it in the first place. But yeah, it's, re- it's really, really good. Do you want to explain who Neil well, Baldwin it's, is? It's, <laughs> no, Neil Baldwin, uh, at 16, um, he sort of, he left his home and he went to join the circus. Um, and in the circus, he was Nello the Clown. And that, that sort of nickname stuck with him throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so did the so, clown. <laughs> so did the clown thing, yeah. Um, he, he managed to upset, um, I think it's the, the, the master of the, 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 the circus, isn't it? The, the ringmaster. What's that guy called? The ringmaster. Yeah. So that's it. He upsets him. And the circus kind of just leaves without him. Um, it's like a dispute over money. He says that me pay pack a short or what have you, mm-hmm. um, buy five or or what have you, and he this this sort of circus leaves without him. So at the start of the film, that happens at the start. It's just shown that he's not a pushover. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's not going to be pushed around. Yeah. Is uh, is Nello? So they just leave. So he's got to make his way back home. Um, and this is the start of when you get the normal little bit, and that he just kind of gets things by asking for them. <laughs> Yeah, so it, <laughs> he's a forward, isn't he? Yeah, but not in. He's not forward in like you know a, a horrible way. He does it with like humanity and friendliness, doesn't he? And I think that's how he, he mm-hmm. sort of gets people to do the things that but, he. Yeah, he was obviously he was obviously what is really charming fella because mm-hmm. he just kind of people are like, well, why I don't want why would I do that? But then they end up doing it. But they um, just do it. Yeah. I think at the beginning uh-huh. it shows you that he's got some kind of learning difficulties, but it never really says what it is. And I think I've done a bit of reading about him. It doesn't really, I haven't found like what it is that he's meant to have been diagnosed with or what his issues or problems uh-huh. are. Just says yeah. he's got special needs or mental health problems or whatever. I uh-huh. mean, you would assume some of his behavior means he's a bit autistic or maybe, but, um, well, who knows? I mean, that's that, that's the thing. I mean, with many of these things that we've looked at before, it's it. it I mean, he's probably been told throughout his life that you know he, he, his disabilities will stop him from doing certain mm-hmm. things, but he doesn't let that 
bothering, does he? He doesn't no, let no, that stop him. He just he says, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play for Stoke City despite being about forty <laughs> fat yeah. and obviously has like learning difficulties." Um, uh-huh. And he ends up playing for them. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, every, yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, he could have said loads of things that he didn't does. end up doing. Yeah. I mean, what he originally does, he, he's uh, sort of, he's taken to the job centre by his, his mom because obviously he's not earned any money after being in the circus and stuff. Um, and the lady is, is sort of saying to him in the job centre, well, you know, we can put you on a course um, for people with disabilities. And he says, well, what, what are you telling me that for? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he says, uh, well, I'll do two jobs. I'll be a vicar or I'll be Stoke City's next manager. That's what I'll do. <laughs> and she says, well, I, I, that'll be rather difficult. He says, well, I'm not really bothered who I manage as long as it's not Port Vale. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he does that. And what he also does as well, which is great, because I think his, his mother was a cleaner in the university. It's Keel, isn't it? Yeah. Um, university. Yeah. Um, and he, he says to his mother, I have got a job. Um, I've got, I work at the university. And she says to him, well, well, when did you get that? He says, well, tomorrow. And he, he just <laughs> goes to the uh, university, puts on a vicar sort of, uh, you know, dress and, and sort job of color, yeah. shakes people's hands and stuff, yeah. And greets them. Yeah, and just kind of integrates himself into the, the university. <laughs> he just kind of assumes the position of he assumes the position of university chaplain, doesn't he? Like welcoming <laughs> people and making them feel welcome when he's like uh-huh. he doesn't work there at all. No. Presumably they must have started giving him some money because he did it for forty years or something. <laughs> uh-huh. He, he still he still does it to this day, I think. I mean he still he still greets people at the university. He's he's like a patron of the university and everything. So yeah, I mean he's just a fantastic guy who just seems to get things by asking for them. I mean mm-hmm. there's that there's that part at the, at the start there where the circus leaves him, and he he goes to the nearest sort of vicar that you can find, knocks on the door or whatever, and says, uh, "Can you give us a lift?" And the guy's I think he's in Scotland or somewhere, yeah. and he says, "Yeah, yeah. where do you want to go?" Well, Stoke on Trent. <laughs> well, that's a bit far away. He says, "I know." Thanks, thanks for offering to take us anyway. Have you had, have you had your breakfast? Have you had your breakfast? He says, "Well, I haven't had mine." <laughs> so he gets a bit at to make his breakfast and, and sort of ferry him home and that. It's just an amazing. So one of the interesting guy. one of the interesting things is that the real guy Neil Baldwin keeps mm-hmm. popping up. So I mean, it has to be said, Toby Jones is. Absolutely superb in this. He yeah. plays it with. It's always potentially difficult or troublesome for actors yeah. to play people with learning difficulties or disabilities or uh-huh. something that they're not. And in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of claims of whitewashing of roles or like gay washing or straight washing uh-huh. or. Um, disability washing and stuff like that and why haven't you hired somebody who has that mm-hmm. or is like that to play that person which yeah. I mean is a massive debate that we won't get into but I think this is just a brilliant performance you don't think at any point Toby Jones is taking the piss that nope. it's he doesn't he's not playing it for laughs he's not leaning too heavily on it like there's some performances of people with special needs or learning difficulties or whatever where you're like really like Ricky Gervais in that show that he did, uh-huh. I can't remember the name of, like, that, uh, Derek. Comes, yeah, I mean, that comes across as a bit insincere mm-hmm. and patronising to me. Yeah. And I think, really, this is the same kind of character. Toby Jones is this in a much more sympathetic way. It's much more believable. And it's just a really, I think I messaged you saying I just felt really nice after watching the film. It's a yeah. really heartwarming uh, it is. nice film. Hang on a sec, it's I'm going to take my socks off. Is that really necessary? Is I'm really hot. What and your socks are making you really hot, are they? Well, if you wear don't wear socks, you're cold, there, aren't you? Not really. No, I never wear socks. Heat rises, man. Anyway, they're off. They're so, off, uh, and they've gone. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. So, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying with that. I mean, uh, what was that uh, Ben Stiller film called, where the parodied, parodied sort of people playing people with disabilities? Was it Tropic? Uh, what was it called? Tropic Thunder. Yeah. So I think there's a bit at the start of that film where they're kind of parody, all that kind of stuff. 
um, and where they assume there's like a long running joke in America, isn't there? Where if if you play somebody with disabilities, then you'll be up for an Oscar nomination yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I know what you're saying about the Ricky Gervais one. I think I only watched the first episode of that and I felt the same way about it. But Toby Jones is like a million times better at that than Ricky Gervais, isn't he? Well, that's so, it. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. He's uh, it, Toby Jones is such a good actor and so brilliant at this that it is completely believable and it, it's done in a heartwarming way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not, although the film is funny, do you know what I mean? It's not because of Toby Jones's performance that it's funny. No, it's because the guy himself is a fu- is really funny. Um, it's a funny and guy, I, and I think it helps that he keeps appearing next to Toby Jones, and there's mm-hmm. these uh, moments where they break the fourth wall or whatever, and yeah. uh, he'll pop up like now, obviously an old man, and Toby Jones or in character will say, "Oh, did this really happen?" And he'll mm-hmm. go, "Yep," or some of the more outlandish things where he's changed it a bit. Um, yeah. he'd be like, well, it didn't happen exactly like that. And obviously there's a little <laughs> joke that, uh, yeah. especially one big bit towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think mean, that the, helps like that. He's obviously on board with it. And he, and you can see him and see that yeah. he's not, this. obviously he's not a, to laugh at or he's 70 or something. He's lived a fulfilled life, getting on yeah. with life on his own. He lives uh-huh. on his own and all of that stuff. So he obviously depended on his mom. Um, yeah, a bit, which is a big part of the film. Um, yeah, it's massive. Bob obviously that... wanting them to take more care and acknowledge that uh-huh. he's doing daft Does things. Does all mothers do? Of course, I'm yeah. sure your mother, my mother was the same when we left home. Um, exactly the same. Um, so yeah, I mean the the, the relationship with his mother is, is obviously a, a massive part of mm. of and of she's the really story, good in it, it as well, isn't she? I think uh, she won a BAFTA for it as well. Yeah, I was going to say she won the BAFTA. She's she really is superb in it. It's like it's it's just an under again an understated performance. Of like, uh-huh. Obviously, she seems to have genuine concern and but just plays it just dead right. In fact, there's only Gemma three, Jones she's called, isn't she? That's right. Yeah, I don't really I didn't recognise her to be honest. I'm sure I've seen her and stuff, but um, mm-hmm. it looks like she's in Cold Feet and stuff like that. Like. Yeah, maybe I haven't seen her that many things, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she rightly won the BAFTA. Um, yeah, there's not a huge cast. I mean, no. when he does when he does start to get involved with um, Stoke City, there's obviously loads of footballers, whoever they're meant to be, um, but they don't really do much. There's only Toby yeah. Jones, his mom, and then um, there's the Reverend that keeps popping up. Yeah, and uh, Tony Corrin, isn't it? Oh, please. And Lou then, McCarry. yeah, Lou McCarry, the Stoke manager at the time, <laughs> played by Tony Curran, and he's superb. That just makes me think Lou McCarry is a top bloke. Like, and he, <laughs> well, he is. And Lou McCarry, the real one, pops up a couple of times as well, doesn't he? To say he does. It didn't really happen uh-huh. like that or whatever. I mean, most of it is saying, yeah, it did really happen like this. I mean, there's, there's only one bit at, at the end, which we'll get onto where they say that, you know, yes. did it really happen like that? And it yeah. didn't. But uh, we'll talk about the Stoke City thing. So, he is uh, Neil Baldwin, a massive Stoke City fan, isn't he? And he keeps yep. talking about wanting to sort of be Stoke's next manager and stuff yep. like that. And he, he finds out on the radio that they have appointed a new manager and that new manager is Lou McCurry. Mm-hmm. So he goes down to the, the ground and waits outside the ground sort of all day. After meeting Lou, Lou McCurry, he waits for him. And Lou McCurry comes out and he says, well, you haven't been waiting here all this time, have you? He says, well, well, yeah, just in case you need this boss. <laughs> and he says, well, Lou McCarry sort of says to him, well, well, what do you do? And he explains that he was a clown in the circus and stuff like that. And Lou McCarry says, oh, a clown. Oh, we well, well, might need you. How do you fancy being the kit man? <laughs> <laughs> and Neil Baldwin sort of says, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Come back on Monday and we'll have you in as the kit man. So Lou McCurry, after sort of meeting this fella, just for the simple fact of him waiting outside all day, you know, waiting for him, <laughs> he gives him a job. Yeah. Not knowing who he is or anything, he just he just gives him a job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's amazing. <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. And he goes home and he tells his friends, he tells his, his mother about this, <laughs> and they don't believe him at all, <laughs> do they? <laughs> It's just another one of the things that you're making up, Neil. But he doesn't make, he doesn't seem to make things up. Everything he says throughout, it's genuine, isn't it? 
yeah. about meeting famous people. Yeah, yeah, he keeps saying, "Oh, he's a good, he's a personal friend of mine," or "He's a good friend of mine." About right, a lot yeah. about loads of bishops. Like he's obviously yeah. a really religious fella, but he keeps uh-huh. saying, "Like the Archbishop of Canterbury is a good friend of mine." That's when he try uh-huh. when he gets that fella, give the Reverend to give him a lift at the beginning or whatever. Yeah, he gets uh-huh. him to sign his Bible, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he he says, from, "No, not the front." Not the front. The regular, <laughs> the regular clergy they sign out the back. <laughs> it's just funny, like it's it's it is. it's funny, and it's really heartwarming. Um, so yeah, so he ends up getting a job at Stoke, and he's the kit man, and he's getting loads of stick at first off the fans. They're shouting like "You fat bastard!" and "Yeah, who the fuck are you?" and stuff like that. But uh-huh. he just gives it back, doesn't he? He's like, he like dan- dances at them, and uh-huh. he uh, he's dressed up as a chicken and stuff like that. He's like, try he's yeah. just trying to make other people happy. The footballers try to take the mic out of him a bit as well, don't they? Well, um, they do. I mean, it, it, footballers. Are, I mean, the banter and stuff like that with footballers is like, you know, it's the same everywhere, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I remember going to watch a, a training session for Sunderland and. You know, the language was awful and yeah. I was only about eight or whatever and they were ripping the piss out of a, a dad called Marco Gabbiadini, who was the star player at the time, yeah. really badly about his brother. And it, it didn't matter to them that was there's people sitting there watching yeah. or listening. Do you know what I mean? That's just what they did every single day. Mm. So he's part of that, though, and he, he, he deals with it, doesn't he? Um, oh, yeah, he's great. He turns people. it on them. Like he turns he does it on turns them. it around. <laughs> and it, Ultimately, what happens is he, he becomes like an integral part of that success because I think at the time Stoke weren't doing very well yeah. when Lou McCarry took over. I think, well, you know, I think it was the third division, I think. Could it be? Um, so, yeah, and when he came in, suddenly things started, you know, turn around simply because of his, his personality and the way that he, he sort of was with everybody and cheering everybody up and, and making yeah. people laugh, so he, he became like an integral part of of that success, didn't he? And Lou Macari said he was the best, most important signing he ever made. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, that's what Lou Macari says because it's part way. You know, how do you make yourself happy? Like you were saying, well, I just think about the good things, and yeah. you know, you should think about the best sign that you've you've ever made. And then near the end of the film, Lou Macari kind of says, "And well, it was you. You were the you were the best." Uh, Signing that I ever, I ever made. So I mean, what a guy Lou McCarvey is throughout the film. He just seems like a, a lovely, lovely guy. I was watching it with the wife, and and there she said, "What a lovely man he is." Yeah, he seems to me, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just having a look because one thing I was a bit confused about was like the timeline of the film. I think mm-hmm. maybe they messed with it a bit just to make it neat, um, right? Because it seems to go like he's been a clown. And, like, and obviously, Toby Jones is the same age throughout it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh-huh. He's a clown. Then he goes to the uni. Then very quickly, he's at Stoke. But there's like uh-huh. 30 years between those two things of starting the uni and, and being at Stoke. But you can't really yeah. tell in the yeah. film, I think. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, there were, there were 14th in the third division when Lou Macari mm-hmm. took over. May mm-hmm. 1991. And he, and he hired... Uh, Nello quite quickly after yep. that. Um, mm-hmm. But he left for Celtic in 93. And I yeah. think it didn't really say it in the film, but obviously Nello didn't stay after he left, did he? No, no, that, that, that was another thing I was wondering about. Um, it was, you know, did he, did he stay on? And the manager that came in after Lou McCurry, did he kind of keep him on? It didn't seem that way, did it? But this sort of coincided with, we've mentioned that he, he's, his relationship with his mother's massive throughout yep. the film, and it, and it is, but his mother's not very well. Yep. Um, and as Lou McCurry's sort of getting a, this is in the film anyway, I don't know if this timeline's real, yep. not true in, for real life, but as Lou McCurry gets a Celtic job, there's a testimonial coming up. Um, Gordon Cowan's testimonial, it was. Oh, Villa, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Lou McCurry says to him, well, I'm, I'm putting you on the bench. For, for this game, he says, well, I'm always on the bench, I'm the kipper. He says, no, you're going to be a sub and I'll bring you on. Um, but just before this, his mother sort of takes ill and yeah. she's, she's put in a home and, and stuff like that. And obviously, she's very worried about whether he can stand on his own two feet and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I after think the testimonial... Be, 
that must just have been tied up nicely for the film because obviously it makes yeah, a nice, probably. nice and you, you can't, yeah. climax to it. You can't blame the film for doing that. Oh, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not at all. This, I'm not yeah, at all. Yeah. Just, no, no, uh, I didn't think you were. But yeah. I mean, there's plenty of films that do, do you know what I mean? That, that type of Well, of the worst example of that was um, that Freddie Mercury film, which yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. I think it's an awful film anyway. Um, but, I mean, it just messed with the timeline of the events to uh-huh. make sense for that film. But that also yeah. meant that it created a narrative and a story that was just not true whatsoever. Like, it's just not true. It's meant to be a biopic. It's not like you watch a rocket yeah. man, it's all over the place and there's fantasy sequences uh-huh. and stuff like that. The Queen uh-huh. one was being billed as like real life and yeah. really serious and real, where it wasn't at all. It was uh-huh. like they messed up with the dates and stuff to make it, yeah. to basically make Freddie Mercury look worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was just, I just thought that was really bad. And I think that's a real bad example of uh-huh. filmmakers taking liberties to get a reaction out of the audience. Whereas I think mm-hmm. in this case, all of these things happened and it's just yeah. a, it makes more sense to bring it together. And um, you know what? Maybe it yeah. did all happen. And, and there is time, elements. There's elements of fantasy in this, like you mentioned before, breaking the fourth wall and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's a fantastic film. And as it moves sort of into the, the testimonial bit, that's another bit where there's a little bit of fantasy where it's what you were talking about. Um, the, the sort of say to the other players, when they do bring Nello on, mm-hmm. we'll give him a chance. We'll try and, you know, we'll give him an open goal or whatever. Yeah. And the cross comes in and he headers it and it goes straight in the top corner. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's sitting on the bench with uh, Toby Jones, the actual Nello. He says, no, it didn't happen like that at all. <laughs> so I think what, what they had done was just put the cross in and everybody sort of went out the box or what have you. And he kind of ballooned and fell he over a couple of times. Golden. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fell over it a couple of times and, and ballooned it over the bar and he's gutted about that, isn't I he? I think that's one thing that I thought was really good about it. Normally, you can tell like football fans like football, play it and are pretty good at it mm-hmm. to some degree. It's really, it's unusual that, like think of all the times growing up we played football, somebody we knew who was a big football fan but didn't know what they were doing or just couldn't uh-huh. do it. Obviously, some people are better than others. You were good. Mm-hmm. I was pretty poor. There was some like no, well, you weren't. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I was. Um, but it was really rare you'd get someone on the pitch who just was clueless, um, yeah. because normally it goes hand in hand. Like if you like football, you start playing it when you're younger or whatever. Um, uh-huh. And that's one thing that made us laugh about this is he absolutely loves football so much, uh-huh. but yeah. he's clearly awful at it, which is also <laughs> funny because he's. Uh-huh. he's he sets up his own football club called Neil Baldwin FC. <laughs> he does. He does. Which has been running for 60 years or something. <laughs> uh-huh. he's, he's, he's been the, the player of the year for the, the last 42 seasons. <laughs> the, 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 reason, the reason that he does that is because he, he obviously he starts going to university. He tries to sign up for the university football team, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> and he can't get in. So Neil Baldwin being Neil Baldwin decides that, well, I'll just make my own football club then. <laughs> <laughs> called the Neil Baldwin Football Club, and he's the manager, he's the captain, isn't he? Yeah. He's everything, basically, apart from the president, who in the <laughs> film is Gary Lineker, but yeah. I was reading yeah, in real life, not, it was Kevin Keegan. Yeah, Kevin Keegan, amazing, who actually like was contacted, and like it was one of those things uh-huh. where he's like, oh yeah, I'm friends with him. I mean, he wouldn't have uh-huh. been friends with them, but he obviously got in touch with them and said, will you be the president of my team? And he yeah. said, yes. <laughs> <It isn't. laughs> yeah, it's just an amazing story how he manages to wangle these things. And it's not just that. He goes to the boat race and he's on the umpire's boat and everything. <laughs> he just seems to wrangle these these things, doesn't he? I don't know how he does it, but he's a fantastic guy. Um, but yeah, after, after the testimonial and stuff like that, he's on... A kind of a high, and then he, he finds out that his his mother sort of passed away, and mm. and that hits him hard, and that's where the heart and the warmth comes comes from the story. I think yeah. you know I'm sort of losing his mother, and it does quite it hits him hard, doesn't it? Despite the yes. fact his mother's trying to prepare him, and he's got lots of friends, he's got the church. Yeah, it I still thought hits this was hard. I thought this was a really, I mean, obviously it's an emotional part of the film, but in terms of the story writing and the storytelling in the film, it's, it's just great because 
you know, it's it, this is a real kind of test of his character, isn't it? Because all the way yeah. through the film, like from the very start, his mom's going, you know, you're gonna, I won't always be here to look after you. And he's like, oh, don't worry about that. And yeah. part of his character is he just blocks out any bad stuff and w- won't yeah. acknowledge it. And everybody mm-hmm. who knows him is trying to say, look, you're going to have to deal with this at some point, and he won't. Yeah. And, what, and this is the thing that I thought was like, I, it wasn't a film that got as teary or had lump in my throat or anything, but it, it, it did like hit home a bit because well, it did with me. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a soft bug. I'm oh, same here, but like it didn't, but I, I, it did get me. I, I, I mean, I, I, I've tears in my eyes watching. I think this is probably about the fourth time I've seen it and it still affects us in the same okay. way, you know, okay. every is, single time. It's really emotional, but I think it's because it's, it's not unique to this guy. Is it like, He's a bloke who is just bottling up anything negative that or bad that might happen to him, and just pretend it's not going on. Like, yeah, I'm sure everybody does it to some extent, but certainly mm-hmm. men, yeah, like just put that stuff to one side and be like, oh, "I'll be all right. I'll go have a beer. Uh-huh. I'll go out with my mates. I'll go yeah. watch some football, and it'll all be uh-huh. all right." And then at yeah. some point, something in your life hits you when you've got to face up to all that stuff whether yeah. you have a big breakdown over it or whether something emotional mm-hmm. happens to you and then you think, shit, I should have dealt with this all the way through instead of just throwing it all up till now. Um, yeah. And I think that's what really gets you as a viewer of this film, that yeah. all of a sudden he's going, it's okay, then his mom dies and watching him struggle uh-huh. is really tough, is really yeah, hard is. because he's such a positive character before that. And he uh-huh. shuts himself away. He shuts himself mm-hmm. away, and he and he won't let anybody in. He pretends he's doing all right, but you know he's not washing. He's not cleaning. His house is a mm-hmm. mess. He's not going yeah. out. He stopped going to the football. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for most people, they've they've had that. They've been through yeah. that. Whatever. So I think that's just really, really well done. That you can watch that, even though it's about a specific person going through a specific thing. Uh, we can all relate to it. The theme's totally relatable, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, it must only be 15 seconds or whatever, but when Toby Jones is sort of sitting in the ch- in the chair, and the realization does actually hit mm-hmm. him that his mother's gone. I mean, it, like I say, it's only 15 seconds, but Toby Jones's performance in that 15 seconds yeah. where it hits him is just unbelievable. Uh, it's amazing, and you know what? You're right. When that when that bit happened, it does get you. It really does get it you does. because yeah, after. 50 years or whatever, he suddenly has to face up to, to yeah. like the sad reality of like life. Like, uh-huh. It's not everything isn't rosy all the time. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And just to, like, is it, yeah, you're right. That 15 second performance where he mm-hmm. suddenly starts crying and breaks down over it is. Yeah. I mean, he's brilliant all the way through, but I think that's like the high watermark, isn't it? For yeah. His performance, I think it, it's just absolutely class. And how he didn't win a bloody BAFTA for this, I, mean, I know. What? Oh, so Marvel, Marvelous won the best one-off drama as well. Oh, actually, the guy. Is it the Matt guy, Berry? No, no, the guy who won was excellent. Um, it was that guy Jason Watkins. I don't know if you've seen him in many things, but he's he's superb. He's probably on a par with Toby Jones for how good an actor uh-huh. he is and really underrated. And he played uh-huh. the lead in the dramatization. Remember that weird guy that got accused of killing the girl who lived underneath him? No. Like back in 2010 or something like that, a, a mm-hmm. young lass rented a flat off a, of this guy and she went out one night and got murdered. She'd been for a pizza. It was like this, the pizza was a big part right. of it. And it was yeah, all over. And, and, the, and the landlord gave an interview the next morning and he was the uh-huh. total, total weirdo. So all of the newspapers decided he was the killer and like right. he broke all the normal rules and uh-huh. said, uh, you know, basically, this guy's creepy. So he obviously killed this girl who's dead, which is right. against all of the rules of journalism and court yeah. reporting and stuff in the UK. And mm-hmm. it turned out he wasn't guilty, uh, but obviously his life was totally ruined. He was a really creepy, weird guy, but he did not kill this girl. Like trial by media. Yeah, and it was what it's kind of, thing. kind of it's what happens in America all the time, but it doesn't yeah. really happen in England. And because it was so big, uh, it was a massive deal. So yeah, yeah. He uh, the the lost honor of Christopher Jeffries, it's called, 
It's right. Well, I'll watch up, but I doubt he's as good as Toby Jones. I think <laughs> if it was like, that's probably one of the only things I would have looked at and gone, you know what? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Because it's <laughs> the same kind of caliber of film and stuff. Really understated, but brilliant uh-huh. performance. So. Right. Well, yeah. I'll definitely check that one out then. I'll definitely check that one out. You'll have what to send Barry win one for? I don't know. <laughs> Best so, voice. Best funny voice. Comedy performance or something. <laughs> Best Victorian voice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think this film should be. If we can get as many people to watch it as we can, I think we'll we'll do well because it's marvelous, isn't it? It's is marvelous. The title's apt. Yeah, it is. Um, it's uh, could also be called underrated. Uh, yeah, it could <laughs> um, be. But yeah, I thought it was good. Really enjoyed it. Um, also, the director—that's what I was going to say. The fellow who directed it. He's quite. In, he's got a really interesting um, CV. Uh huh. So he's basically English. He grew up. Uh, his early stuff was doing documentaries on Grimard, Granada TV. Um, you know, you remember that Seven Up show where they followed seven-year-olds and then they were. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did the uh-huh. 2000 version of that, um, uh-huh. and then the 2007 one. Um, but also if you have a look at his CV, it's crazy. Like the stuff he's done, um, Uh he's gone from like this kind of stuff. So like UK TV shows, medics Uh out of the blue. Um, then he's directed two episodes of sex in the city, Uh two episodes of the American office, entourage, 23 episodes of entourage. Um, was that all after Marvelous? Was no, this it? was all before Marvelous. Then Marvelous. Before. Then he's done some Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a show called Ballers, which I haven't seen, but that's The Rock in that. Yeah. Uh, that was a few years ago. And then mm-hmm. there was a show on last year that I haven't watched yet, but it's on my list of things to watch, which is a joint British Japanese film called Giri Haji. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so he's done that. Like, just, uh, is, it, is it about Georgie Haji? Yes, that's right. He's in Tokyo trying to make sense of uh, all of the vending machines. He doesn't know just, how to use them. Just scoring long distance goals in yeah. Tokyo. He's trying to uh, he's trying to make his way around by scoring free kicks. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we really need, isn't it? A, a, a buy up of uh, of Georgie Hadji. But yeah, anyway, why are we talking about him? Yeah. Oh, that TV show. Any, yeah. uh, any, any excuse to <laughs> talk about Georgie Hadji. He's one of my favourite players ever. So uh, what, what about this film then? Do we do marks out of 10 on this podcast? No, I almost said like 8 out of 10, <laughs> but uh, we've never done that before. But 8 uh-huh. out of 10 for me. Very good, but like it is, it is kind of self-contained. I enjoyed it. It's really nicely done. There's great performances in it, but I mean, it's it's not a spectacular film, is it? It's but it's very very nice. Uh, I would recommend you watching it. Ten for I'll you. I'll give it ten. Ten for me. I love it. It's amazing. Okay. Absolutely fantastic. I actually tried to buy the blue uh, rear version on on eBay um, about two years ago, I think, okay. and I bought it and everything. And then the bloke went, "Oh, I've lost it. I can't send you it yeah. out." So, gotten. Did that but have a black and white on... version of it? <laughs> no, that's just the miss. So yeah, fantastic story. Brilliant guy. What a wonderful guy Neil Baldwin is. And uh, yeah, if you're a football fan, you like it. Even if you're not a football fan, still like it. It's great. Agree. Really good. I think it's you don't have to be a football fan. Do you? It's like one for moms, dads, anyone. Anybody in really it. I've I've found the the VHS of all the recordings that we used to make when we were kids. Really. Yeah, yeah, you know the ones where you've, like dancing on the bed and stuff like put, that. Put it. You were a voyeur, weren't you? I didn't know they were there all uh-huh. the time. The camera was just in the corner. Yeah, of the room. listening, listening to the like the, the anthology that we've, we've talked about and stuff like that. That'll all be on there. So, but I think there's a service where you can send it off and get a put on DVD. Hey, is that so, wise? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what else is on there, but it's uh, it's certainly worth having a look at. Like, me and you listen to the Beatles, then fuzzy cut to a Shannon Tweed film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 10 minute freebie will come on after that. Top Definitely. Start. 
<laughs> topless darts. <laughs> or the topless weather. Was that and live that was TV? Though? Yeah, live TV. Do you want to find out who's climbing up your leg this week, Cliff? <laughs> okay, then go on. All right, then. Well, can you remember what the rhyme that you've got to say? Yeah, I remember it word for word. And it word was, for word? Yep. Come on like, up my leg, stop climbing on me knee. That's not what it was. I thought I could pull the past because of my love of antiques, but I couldn't have come from the past because, you know, I, I, I'm so knowledgeable. So uh, I thought that I must have come from the future. <laughs> uh, right, that's the first one. Who's okay. that then, Cliff? Oh, it's back on. <laughs> um... And my mummy said to me, I said to my mummy, can I have a 50p? <laughs> and I went to buy <laughs> some fucking ceramic cow that was <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I bought it for one pound. I bought it for a, a, for a 50p. <laughs> yeah, that's the, um, well, it's a she now. He's, he's a, he, she is a she now, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember her name. I can't remember the name when he was a little boy either. He was yeah. just the weird antiques kid off organ. So that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's him. Well done. Well done. Right. Do you want to say the rhyme again? Okay. Get up my leg. And what's who's this on my knee? Who's that then? Your nemesis. It's my nemesis. How is it, how is it my nemesis then? You, when I asked you if you could fight anyone in the world, who would you fight? And you said uh-huh. Professor Stephen Hawking. Yeah. You said you'd tip him out of his chair and shout in his face. You're not so clever no, I now, you? I wouldn't. You're not so clever now, Hawking. I wouldn't shout in his face. <laughs> yeah, so that's who it is. I'm, I'm going to have to shut the windows, right? Because there's a... Uh, Yes, like the, the seagulls. It's nice. Not the seagulls. There's these people down the street, right? And they're riding quad bikes on the pavement up and down the street. I can't hear it. Surely there's only one more to do. No, no. You, you, you just don't know how many there's going to be. <laughs> okay. So I've got more than three knees. Come on up my knee. Who's this? Shh. Do you know who that is? I didn't. I couldn't work it out. It's, I think it might be uh, Charles Hawtrey. <laughs> no, it's it's facts off magic. I thought I'd terrify oh. you with that one. He looks like Charles Hawtrey, doesn't he? A little bit. Yeah. Uh huh. So we're definitely going to do that one at some point. Yeah, let's right, do that. Right, last one then. Last one. Right. What you gonna say? Um, who could this be climbing up my knee? Is that right? I think that was, I tried there. Well. A motorcycle is a beautiful and exciting machine. But if you don't respect its weaknesses. <laughs> it's a good friend again, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Sheriff John Burrell. Sheriff. <laughs> yeah. We used to call him Sheriff Bob, didn't we? Sheriff Bob. Sheriff Bob? Sheriff John all yeah. the time. I'm Sheriff Bob. Hi, And you're I'm a Sheriff bad Bob. driver. <laughs> So uh, I hope you've realised that this uh, this whole game is just so I can put Sheriff John Bennell on. Yep, amazing. That's it. What was this show called? Police Camera Action. Is it? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I can't remember. No. It's another one that we'll have to do with, isn't oh, it? Well, yeah, uh, any excuse to watch that shit, I'll absolutely mm-hmm. love it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's always in those shows, anybody does, surely everybody knows Sheriff John Bennell, but Should do. it's like, it's dash cam footage and stuff like that from the cops, isn't it, of, like, accidents mm-hmm. and chases. There's always, always pulling over somebody who's drunk, who's a total uh-huh. redneck, and trying to get yep. him to walk in a straight line. <laughs> and they're, all, they're total lunatics. And, like, yeah. start, start, like, doing cartwheels and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the funny bit, as you've mentioned just then, was, like, he would it'd be sort of out of context sometimes, wouldn't he, Sheriff John Bunnell? He, he, he's almost like Judge Dredd. If somebody commits a crime, he, that's it. <laughs> he's got it no doesn't matter what the, <laughs> no, doesn't matter what the crime is, if it's jaywalking or whatever. Yeah. 
he's still yeah, treating the, the same side way. Of the law, like he's uh, <laughs> he's very black and white about these matters. <laughs> he certainly is. Yeah, that old is. poor old woman who got ran over by an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> she got her just desserts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's well, that was so fun fantastic. for the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was good, wasn't right. it? Okay, yeah. then. Well, it's been okay. nice talking to you. Thanks for making us watch Marvelous. That was good. Definitely recommend yeah. everybody to watch it. We'll mm-hmm. have to get in a very different frame of mind for Mulholland Drive. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Twitter at FCircusPod. Watch us. Watch us. Just watch us if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you can jo- join in the chat on Facebook. There's a bit of chat on there every week so uh, that's just the name of the podcast on there and until next time we will see you later we shall there's only one Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.